We're on a, the vision series once a year. We share the vision series, and we're on it tonight. And, uh, and I'm going to dive into one of it, number two, find freedom. Would you say that with me, find freedom? Find freedom. It's number one, know God. Say that with me, know God. Find freedom, find freedom, discover purpose, discover purpose. and make a, make a difference. If you haven't been through Growth Track yet, please do that. Uh, you'll learn a lot of that because our motto, I asked someone this week, you know, what is our motto? And they looked at me like a deer in the headlights. Our motto is to be a people after God's own heart, right? They had a wonderful comeback, but our motto is to be a people after God's own heart. And with that, we feel like that's going to happen through these four areas. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If someone walks up to you at heart of the, from, from anywhere and they say, what's Heart of the City Church is about? Well, you can tell them. You should have an answer what we're about. Amen? And that's, that's a fact. So tonight it's called Let Freedom Reign, and I want to talk to you about freedom. Say that with me, freedom. So, Father, we just thank you, Holy Spirit. We invite you right now. We pray that you would touch every guest, you would touch every saint, every son, every daughter, those that don't know you, prodigals, Father, the addicted, the hurt, uh, the, the one struggling in whatever it may be, a marriage, relationship, work, finances. I, I pray that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would touch lives tonight, even as we crack open the most famous word on the face of the earth, or even in the universe, your word. It's alive. We ask that you would uh, minister by the, your grace and anointing tonight, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. The Father has always had freedom for you. The number one way that we say find freedom at Heart of the City Church is in a small group. That's why it's connected tonight with small group. You're going to meet a lot of those when you leave here tonight in the foyer. But I'm going to dive in a little deeper. We're going to tie it in with small group. But anytime I preach, or a lot of times I preach, I have to look deep inside of myself to say, what has really brought freedom to my life? And I want to talk to you about my best friend, a person tonight who's brought freedom to me. And I want you to know that God, from the very get-go, has intended freedom for you, starting with Adam and Eve. Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Look at your friend right next to you and say, You a good-looking dust bag. Just look at the other one and say, Just look at the other one and say, just look at the other one and say, hey, you, you a good-looking dirt bag. Good-looking dirt bag. If you think you're all that, you really aren't. We're, we're dirt bags. But the next thing I'm going to tell you about being a dirt bag is what, holy, what God did with the dirt bag, which is powerful. You ready? This makes you very special. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Those dirt bags came alive. And it goes on to say, a man became a living being. That breath of life, you could call it, I would like to term it spirit breath. 
Spirit of God, blow them to your bones. Ezekiel, those, those bones in the valley, guess what? Was blowed into those bones. The Spirit of God. And it goes on to say, everyone say freedom. freedom. And it says in Genesis 2.16, and this Lord God commanded the man... You are free. Now, he's free to do something, but I want you to see from the get-go what he tells man. You are free. Say that with me. You are free. You are free. A command that's all about freedom. You're free to eat from any tree in the garden. Maybe 100,000 trees. I don't know, but you're free. God has freedom. He has intentions for freedom for you tonight in, in every arena of life. They ate from the only tree that they were told not to eat from, just like knucklehead people. Just don't eat from this tree. Guess what began to take place? Everyone say bondage, bondage. Death, death, confusion. All these things begin to take place. Just follow it. Murder, division, pain, and suffering. They had freedom. Say that with me one more time. Freedom to eat from all the trees but one. And they chose that one. Once in perfect unity with the Father, perfect peace, perfect freedom, they lost it all. And a war began. A war began inside of you and I. A war between the spirit and the flesh, a fight for freedom, a war between even the spirit and the soul. I'm going to dive into that a little bit tonight because a lot of people think that spirit and soul are the same and I don't view that at all and I don't see it scripturally at all. Let me show you my first one to back that up right now. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. This is not the only one, but you'll see this. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Everyone say spirit, soul. Okay, this is not just what we're talking about. But I think knowledge of understanding of things will help you walk in more freedom. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Say that with me, completely. That you may, uh, uh, that may your whole spirit, say that with me, whole spirit. spirit. We were once in perfect unity with God, spirit man, Adam and Eve, spirit man in wholeness with God, and something happened. God wants us to get back to that whole spirit. Look at this, broke down in three areas. Soul, say that with me, soul. And body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this really good. I am spirit who has a soul and I live within a body. But I am spirit. I have a soul and I have this tent which is body. God is spirit. He wants to fill you with his spirit. You are born again of the spirit. He empowers you by his spirit. He wants to lead you with his spirit. He wants you overflowing with the spirit. To be carnal minded is death. To be spiritual minded is life. We're so western, so carnal, so fleshy. God wants to bring more of the spirit into our life. Hebrews 4.12, if 
The spirit and soul is the same. Why do we have these scriptures? Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living. I could just preach that tonight and powerful. I could just preach on the word of God because now Americans are so illiterate with the Bible. I, I, I said the other day, how many of you have read the, the Bible cover to cover and it was about maybe a third to a half? That needs a change. 100% you need to throw all those other dang books away and read the Bible. It's the only living Bible. It's the, it's the only word of God. How can a young man cleanse his way? Taking heed of the... It is a lamp unto my feet. See, I get on a soapbox when they talk about the word of God because it's changed my life. And so many struggling Christians, they struggle because they're not in the word of God every day. Give us this day our daily... Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Peers and even, look, look, the division of, look, soul and spirit. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. You don't want to be a soul man. You want to be a spirit man. You want to be a spirit woman. You do. I think wrong theology. We're soul winners. You're spirit winners. I get it. I, I, I understand. Soul made up the intellect and so forth and so on. And there's a lot of mixture kind of involved with spirit and soul. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're a spirit man. Your spirit's going to live forever. You're not born again of the soul. You're born again of the spirit. And why would it says the vision of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart? That's what the word of God does every day when you're in the word of God. It reads your book. All of a sudden you're read, really reading it. It convicts you, changes your life, renews your mind. I tell you what, you need to be in the Word of God. And I'm, not, I'm not even preaching about the Word of God tonight. But we need to be in the Word every day. Something has happened inside of each of us when sin was introduced, bringing death, bondage versus life and freedom. And I want to dive into that tonight. Flesh and the soul was influenced by sin way back when. Why do you think that David says things like this in Psalms 103 and 104? He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Really? Why would he speak to his soul? I believe he's speaking by the Spirit to his soul. Why would, why would you say, don't forget the benefits of the Lord? The soul, forget, the soul is jacked up. He would never say, bless the Lord, O oh my spirit, or don't forget the benefits of the Lord, O oh my spirit, but he speaks to the soul. Are you following me? That's real important for you and I to know that sin has impacted our emotions, our intellect. 
How many of you ever took your child to the grocery store and says, when we get in line, I want you to have a meltdown because I won't buy you that candy? Did you train your child to do that? How many of you trained your child to do that? You didn't train your child. Why? Because that's that crazy soul. That's that soul. Today, I believe God has given us a very precious person to lead us once again, fill us once again, and restore us once again for freedom. Let freedom reign. He breathed into Adam, into Adam, but he also breathed into us in Acts 2. There's going to be words that might be sounding like I'm splitting hairs tonight, but it's a, they're going to be very important that you grasp when it comes to the Spirit. And who I'm talking about, the person that I'm talking about tonight is the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not an it. He's not a thing. He is precious. He is a person. He is the one that will fill you and lead you. He's the one that will bring you into freedom. And the Bible says in Acts 2, 1 through 4, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Now, let me stop there. This is a whole other sermon I could preach. One accord in one place. There's something, too, about going to a place like Asbury and experiencing the presence of God. Don't have to go there, but there is times and seasons and places where God pours out his spirit. He poured out his spirit in that upper room, in that day and time, in that moment, and those disciples were filled with the Holy... Are you following me? Okay, so there's nothing wrong with going somewhere for revival. I was in the Toronto Blessing, Toronto, Canada, back in the 1990s or 94, whatever it was. God was doing something there that began to expand throughout the entire world, and there was an impartation. I don't have time to preach that tonight, but it's okay to go. You, sometimes you just can't say, well, if God wants to do it, he's going to do it here. Well, God can do whatever he wants to do. But I'm going to tell you right now, there are in certain times, there are certain places where God will do something specifically. And it goes on to say, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, look at this, mighty wind. Say that with me, wind. Wind. And it filled the whole house where we were setting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Remember what Jesus baptizes in. And it goes on to say, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled. Say that with me, all filled. Say it with me again, all filled. They were all filled. It wasn't like they filled the Pentecostal, but they didn't fill the Baptist. They filled the, the, the charismatic, but they didn't fill the Methodist. You can't do that. They were all filled. And it goes on to say, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The wind, the Holy Spirit, the pneuma, it filled them. The Holy Spirit is so vitally important in this day and time that all the disciples were there waiting. Think about that. 
It wasn't waiting three minutes or an hour and 45 minutes on a Sunday. They had been waiting there for days, praying together in unity, one place, one accord, waiting on this. They really didn't even know what was going to happen. We do because we have the Bible. But on the arrival of the Holy Spirit, the arrival of this thing called the promise. How did they, how did the disciples even know who were, they were waiting on and why they were waiting? Because Jesus told them. Okay, everyone say code red. Listen to Luke 24, 29. Behold, I send the promise. Say that with me. The promise. Jesus went up and someone came down. Jesus went up. As he ascended, someone came down to walk with you, to fill you, to empower you. He didn't leave you alone. You're not an orphan. You're a temple of. I send the promise of my Father upon you. But Terry, say that with me, Terry. Terry. Well, we can't even spell Terry in America. No, seriously. You're about to have a meltdown in McDonald's line. And they got one of the best systems in the world. But you've been waiting five minutes. Somebody say Terry. Huh? Should have went to Chick-fil-A. They got a great system. Chick-fil-A, baby. Those potatoes. Wow. Mustard. Pickles. No comparison. Born again Chick-fil-A's. They taste spirit-filled. I was raised on Chick-fil-A in South Carolina. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, say that with me, tarry, in the city of Jerusalem until you are, something's going to happen, endued, say that with me, endued, the dude is coming to endude you. Out of all due respect, Holy Spirit. With power from on high. One way that you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, filled, say that with me, filled, is power. You don't have to worry, am I filled or am I not jail? There is pure theological manifestations. The Bible spells out very clearly if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. One of them is power. If I would have put the Bible in order, it would have been Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, and Acts for me. Now, I'm not doing that, Phil. I'm just saying, because of who wrote what and how Luke ties right into Acts. I don't know why it's the way it is. Uh, I believe, listen to me real good, the Big C Church, listen to me, overall we may have quenched the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm very serious. We preach and act or we don't preach 
and we ignore him. We call him an it. We don't invite him. We don't wait on him. We don't pursue him. We don't preach him, and we don't teach him. And I don't know about you, but if I was at your house, you invite me over, and you never even spoke to me, never, hey, J.O., this is where the bathroom is. Here, you know, you can go in the refrigerator. Never, never give me any nothing. I would be like, I'm out of here. They don't like me. They don't want me. I don't know why they invited me. Okay? In the Old Testament, at times, people would be filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't all. It was at times for different situations, like Samson, that crazy womanizer guy. I don't get it. But at times, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Chased down foxes and set their tire tails on fire. I mean, he did some crazy exploits. And then you see this guy named Bezalel, and I'm not saying that's exactly how you say it. I don't know. I'm not a Hebrew major. All I do know is I read the Bible all the time, and this guy was filled with the Holy Spirit and was, did amazing things by the Spirit. He, he was the man when it comes to building the temple. I mean, he could do it all. He was filled with the Holy Spirit in doing that. There was times and places where people were filled with the Holy Spirit. But in the New Testament, the believers, all that were there in that certain place at that certain time, they were all filled. It's a a different time and moment now that we live in the Holy Spirit. So why would I talk about the Holy Spirit on Find Freedom Vision Week? Because I believe the key to freedom in your life is a person. And his name is the Holy Spirit. He will free you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I've seen charismatics go crazy over that. Where the spirit of the Lord is? Just go nuts. But let me break it down. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the Lord, listen, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay? So he has to be the Lord of your life in all of these areas for you to have freedom. You can't just sing a great song, get charismatic crazy on me and go, well, I guess I'm, no, you'll walk out of church and still be in bondage. If he's not the Lord... In that area of your life. But if he's Lord in that area, you're going to find freedom in that area. Are you following me? That's very important for you to know. The Holy Spirit does many things. The person of the Holy Spirit. I don't even have time to go into all the things that he does. But here's a good one right here. John 14, 16 through 18. And I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper. Anybody ever needed help? Has anybody ever prayed for help? Don't lie in church. That's what have been in my famous prayer. I've just sat down and said, help! Seriously, help! He is a helper. That he may abide with you forever. He will never, ever leave you. 
The spirit of, listen, truth. Say that with me, truth. He's the spirit of truth. Well, that's, good. That's, that's real important for you to know. Whom the, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you, and I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Say that with me, spirit of truth. Guess what truth does? Spirit of truth will set you free. Holy Spirit's all about freedom. I'm not talking about freedom to be weird, freedom to be crazy, freedom to feed your, feed your flesh. I'm talking about freedom to serve Jesus, freedom to serve others, freedom to love, freedom to be free. Are you, are you feeling me? Are you feeling me and freedom tonight? It's clear in God's word, the doctrine in God's word, that he wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And you got to hear these words tonight because I can't even believe how many times I've said baptism and, oh yeah, I've been baptized in water. I'm not even talking about water. Be baptized in water. But God wants to baptize you in his Holy Spirit. It says in Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water. That is John the Baptist. John the Baptist indeed baptized you with water. And we still practice that today after the death resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wonderful thing. We have a whole teaching on that. You should be baptized in water. But it goes on to say unto repentance, but he who is coming after me, it, mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Have you been, got to ask a question. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? There should be no more emphasis on baptism of the water than there is on baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we need to work on that. But I'm going to tell you right now, baptism of the Holy Spirit, 1988, March of 1988, changed my life. J.O., I thought I received the Holy Spirit when I was born again. You absolutely, you can only be born again of the, the Spirit. But there is a difference between baptism of the Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit. Doctrinally, Bible, after the life death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, the disciples were shut up in a room because they were fearful of the Jews. They were shut in a room, fearful of the Jews. And all of a sudden, Jesus just appears. After the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, he, just like he walks through the wall. And he said this. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. However it was, he breathed on them and said to them, listen, listen, receive the Holy Spirit. Say that with me real good, receive. He breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I believe with all my heart because I don't think that you can be born again until after, listen to me real good, you got to get this, after the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
That's when a person can be born again. You follow on that? So these disciples, after he was risen from the dead, he's now kind of a different spirit being. He walks through the wall and he breathes on them and they receive. Say that with me real good. Receive, receive. the Holy Spirit. Guess what they did after receiving that born again, after they received the Holy Spirit? Guess what the disciples did? They went and waited on the promise. You got to hear that. Don't worry about the worship team. Follow me. Because people, they, you got to hear this. He breathed on them. They received. But then he says, go wait. If, there, if there's nothing separate, if there's nothing different, come on, smack me in the face. They received the Holy Spirit. They're born again, but I want you to go wait on the promise. And they go to Jerusalem and they wait on the promise. See, breathed on and poured into are two different things. Okay? I breathe on you, but if I pour this down your throat, that's different. I can breathe on you, but to fill you is different. They were born again, Holy Spirit baptism, that happens after the cross. Being born again, baptism of the Holy Spirit is after the cross. See, Jesus made it clear that the Holy Spirit had not come into the fullness at a point when he walked on earth. It wasn't until after he ascended into heaven. Let me, let me read this one for you. In John 7, 37 through 39, follow with me. Look at it real close. Jesus says this himself, code red. On the last day, that day, great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to, come to me and drink. He who believes in me and the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. Listen, listen. Whom those believing in him would, say that with me, would receive. They had not received, they would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Are you following me? Now we see this kind of manifested when Peter gets up and preaches in Acts 2. He says one of the famous scriptures, and Jesus said to them, repent, let every one of you uh, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes about a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit and a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit, they produce some type of fruit. Let me talk about that for a minute. It's like you become a spirit tree and you produce fruit. You produce a certain kind of fruit. Have you ever seen a tree force any type of fruit? Have you? Does trees rush fruit? You can throw some poop on it, fertilizing, all kind of stuff, all good, all good stuff, but you can't force the fruit. 
many people, I believe, that's not filled with the Holy Spirit tries to force the fruit. And it's weird. It's weird. This is the kind of fruit that has resulted when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is working in and through you. And you are a spirit person. This is the kind of fruit that comes out of us. Now, can I step out of the fruitful place and into the flesh? Yes, just ask my wife. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. 23, gentleness, self-control. Against there is no law. Instead of uh, love, we can have hate. Opposite. You can be sadness, fear, have no peace. Selfish. You can be a jerk. Instead of goodness, badness, unfaithfulness, rude, out of control. These are all things of the flesh. Matter of fact, if you was to look in Galatians 5, 19, and 21, it reads what rotten fruit of the flesh is. And it even goes on to say, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ouchie. You got to be a spirit tree to produce spirit fruit. Many try to produce the fruit of the spirit, but they produce the fruit of the flesh because the Holy Spirit is the one that produces the spirit, the fruit through you. As you abide in the Holy Spirit, you can't force the fruit. It's a byproduct of the life in the Holy Spirit. It's not, the fruit of the Spirit is not through your disciplines. Though discipline is good. I'm a disciple. I'm disciplined. But that's not what creates the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not your discipline. It's not, surely not your flesh. It's not your willpower. Like, I'm going to be joyful today. <laughs> no, you're going to be weird. That stuff scares me. When people start laughing fake, because I've seen it, I'm like, you're weirding me out. It's not willpower. It's not even by the law of God that produces the fruit. Matter of fact, Galatians 5.1 says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure that you stay free. Tell your neighbor right there, stay free. And don't, and he refers it to, don't get tied up again in the slavery of the law. Now, we tie in freedom with small groups. How do you do that, J.O.? This is how I would do it. This is how I believe with all my heart. At the heart, we want leaders to be spirit-filled leaders, which is going to produce a spirit-filled small group, which is going to bring absolutely raise up spirit-filled people. 
are you following me? This is what we talk. This is, this is what's powerful within a small group. There are spirit-filled men and women who have amazing small groups. Transparency takes place. Confession takes place. That brings healing. Instead of a frozen, chosen small group, it's a spirit-filled small group. How do, you think a, how do you think a good counselor works? A good counselor works because they're spirit-filled counselors. Blessed is the man who does not walk. Listen, listen. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. It scares me when I, I go, you, you, you seeing a godly Christian? I don't know. Well, you better stink and know. And I would say, I'd say, hey, you spirit-filled? Because guess what they use? They use the sword of the Spirit. And guess what happens? You get renewed in the Spirit of your mind. Really, J.O.? Oh, yeah. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, that you put off, put off that old man, that old flesh, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows and corrupt according to this deceitful lust, and put and be renewed in what? The spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Are you following me? Let me finish. J.O., I've attended church. I love Jesus. I've been water baptized, but I'm not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, you're not alone. I got born again in 86. I didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit till 1988. Tonight, we decided, if you haven't been baptized, Jay, I don't know if I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, you're probably not. I know right now, if I'm walking in the snow barefooted, I know that I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. I know if I have a prayer language. I know if I can prophesy. I know if I believe in power. I know that I've been empowered to preach the gospel in, in Coeur d'Alene, and Post Falls, Idaho, United States, and the world. Are you feeling me? So Paul runs in, in closing, Paul runs into 12 people who was baptized in water John the Baptist's repentance. And let me tell you the story, and then we're just going to go into worship, and we're going to pray for those who haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, 1 through 7. And it happened while Apollos, which is a cool guy, was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, say that with me, disciples. They're disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? What's that tell me, J.O.? Tells me this, you can believe and not have the Holy Spirit. So they said, we have not, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. And then John said, and I'm sorry, then Paul said, John indeed baptized you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Um, let me see. Let me, let me follow. John indeed baptized you with the baptism of repentance, 
saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Then they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. It looks like they were rebaptized in water into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You following that? And then look what takes place. And when Paul had laid hands on them, he laid hands on them. Here, they, it looks like they got rebaptized in the water in the Lord Jesus. He laid hands on these 12 guys, and look what takes place. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 of them. Question, did you receive when you believed? 